Sports Day presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton, and we are coming to you from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us. I feel like I can hear myself, but maybe. There we go. I'm here. Are you here? Uh, so you are here. So, man. Let me know if I'm not. So, where can I actually not be here? That's what I thought, Justin. I thought that might be the case. Now, welcome in to Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Joint. That's what we needed to know, and we are good to go now. All right. What a great show we have lined up for you on this Top 5 Tuesday. We have Greg Seitz, who will join us on his way back from Tarleton State, where the Jacksonville State men's basketball team I got a big win last night. He traveled there from New Orleans, which I guess is a much shorter trip. I would think. <laughs> then otherwise, if, if, if not for New Orleans in the middle, but he'll talk to us about the Gamecocks bowl game, the experience and how important it was for that, that, you know, that program and obviously the school. And of course they got some construction going on, taking down the old press box on the, uh, on the other side of the stadium. So should be an interesting conversation with, with Greg. Looking forward to it. We're also going to talk with Chip Walters. I guess I guess today is Conference USA Day. Seems so. Uh, as Middle Tennessee State voice, I, I called him. What do I have him in here as? I have him in here as the the Burv, the Burv, or the Brave, I guess. Burv, B R V, the Blue Raider, Blue Raider voice. voice. 
<laughs> so, so we're trying to trying some different acronyms here. See if we can come up with something that works. The voice of the Blue Raiders doesn't really work, but maybe Blue Raider Voice works. Well, that's his Gmail account. Yeah. It's Blue Raider Voice at gmail.com in case you need to email Chip about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, about. I'm sure he's going to choose Chip. He, he, listen, he don't care for you. If you email him, he's going to send you a Christmas card. Because <laughs> he wants he wants you in case you're looking for a home to choose chip. So he don't care what emails out there, just as long as you choose chip. I guess that is a good point. <laughs> you know, any what is it? Any publicity is good. Good publicity. publicity. There you go. So we'll talk to him. We'll talk with uh, Terry McCormick, of course, about the Titans. All of that coming up. We have a we have a lot to get to today, Mo. It's going to be a really really uh, tight show with all of the things that need to be talked about. So let's dive on in. As I, ah, that's my bad. What? 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 That's my fault. Uh, Don't do it again. Yeah, well, uh, I'm trying to get us on Facebook still. I don't know what's going on there, but I'm going to get us up there. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is do the rundown until I get it. All right. Then. And so we'll get you the rundown. This is the rundown. All right, jump in at Will Chris girls basketball action from Monday night. Clay County defeated Richland 53-46. Columbia Academy down the Tennessee Heat 75-39. It was Eagleville 63, Cornersville 42, Nolansville with a 59-33 win over Dixon County. Ensworth defeated Sycamore 47-44. FC Boyd down Franklin Road Christian 55-50. That sounds like a good one. Green Hill defeated Independence 55-36. It was Greenbrier 62, Joe Burns 29. Franklin with a 49-33 win over Laverne. Loretto defeated Mars Hill out of Alabama 48-39. There, is there a Mars Hill Bible and a Mars Hill, or is does Mars Hill refer to the Bible school? That's that's great. Okay. All right. Also down at Loretto, Summertown defeated Deschler, Alabama 67-46. Uh, Harpeth Hall, 47. Linwood, California, 42. It was Mount Pleasant, 63. Frank Hughes, 25. As Addison Workman scored her 1,000th career point in that one. Congratulations, Mater. Shelbyville with a 43-36 win over Siegel. On the boys' side, Chelsea, Alabama defeated Page, 48-42. Richland went on the road, picked up a 58-25 win over Clay County. Columbia Academy edged Tennessee Heat 67-63. It was Westview 56, Creekwood 54, Wayne County with a 65-41 win over Cullioca at Collinwood. DeKalb County defeated Watertown 58-40. It was Giles County 74, Forest 43. Independence with a 57-54 win at Green Hill. Greenbrier defeated Joe Burns, 82-57. Laverne down Franklin, 56-49. Middle Tennessee Christian, 68. Nashville Central Christians, 33. Mount Pleasant, 67. Frank Hughes, 46. Nolansville, 66. Dixon County, 62. Providence Christian with a 70-45 win over Riverdale. Siegel defeated Shelbyville, 68-40. Summit down Fairview 59-52, and it was White House 68, Trousdale County 61. College football action yesterday in a dramatic come-from-behind fashion. Conference USA's Western Kentucky down Sunbelt Conference's Old Dominion 34-31. What a, what a game it was. It was 28-0 ODU at one point. It was, in fact, and did not yeah. end that way after six-foot 
what, six third-string quarterbacks from Western came in and put it on them. So, who yeah. is on – Who is in the, in the portal. Oh, that's amazing. Caden somebody, <laughs> he's in the portal. That is amazing. And I guess he was putting out one final piece of tape. <laughs> it might be his only piece of tape. At Western Kentucky. May, well, if he was third string, that may very well be, and that might be why he's in the board. <laughs> he might not be anymore after he got, leading the comeback over Old Dominion. Ha, 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 ha. Hey, let, let, let me talk to you. Maybe, maybe we were wrong. Let me talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me holler at you right quick. Yeah. Oh, sit down, Pimpin. Let Daddy holler at you. In the NFL, I was like the Seahawks, 20, Eagles, 17. Uh, in the NBA, Grizzlies fall one more time before the return of John Morant, 116-97 at the Thunder of Oklahoma City. Tonight's doubleheaders in high school basketball, Eagles at Community at 6 o'clock. Giles County welcomes Harriman. Uh, Houston County's at Harpeth Kip. Nashville is at John Overton McEwen at home against Santa Fe. And Springfield is at White House Heritage. Follow Mo Patton for updates from the QN tonight, I believe. If Assuming can, there's that, yeah, yeah, that, that's a that's a strong assumption on your part there, big boy. That yeah, um, girls basketball only at four o'clock. Franklin plays Collinwood. I believe, I'm not sure where that is. Oh, this is at Loretto. Oh, I thought it was at Collinwood. No, this is at the Loretto Girls girls Christmas Classic. The boys are at Collinwood. Exactly. Franklin Collinwood, 4 o'clock, followed by Mars Hill Bible in Summertown at 5.30. Capped at 7 by the host Lady Mustangs in Moore County. Tomorrow's girls basketball action at 9 o'clock. Ravenwood is playing Ezel Harding. Don't ask us where. We don't know. Um, Also, at 9 o'clock, Green Hill and Watertown are playing. At 11.30, Burke's Catholic of Pennsylvania is playing Wilson Central. And at 11.30, Collinwood and Summertown play. I think that's in Loretto again. 12 noon, Brentwood Academy and Columbia Central play at Lipscomb Academy. At 1 o'clock, Kirkwood is at Clarksville Academy. Boys only games today. Richland and Macon County are playing at 3. Tennessee Heat plays York Institute at 5. Collinwood and Cullioca play at 6 at Wayne County. Nashville Central Christian plays at Donaldson Christian at 7.30. Also, Ezel Harding is at Lancaster at 7.30. Excuse me. Wednesday morning, Smith County and Nashville Christian play at 10.30. Clarksville Academy and Ravenwood play at 10.30. At 11.30, it's Tennessee Heat and Brentwood. And at 11.30, Knowledge Academies and Franklin play. Again, not sure where. Men's basketball action this evening. Tennessee State goes to Terre Haute, taking on the Sycamores of Indiana State. That's a 6 o'clock start. You can see it on ESPN+. Plus. Also at 6 o'clock on the SEC Network, Western Carolina comes into Memorial Gym, taking on the wounded Commodores. Um, and at 9 o'clock on ESPN+, Plus, we'll talk more about this later in the show, as the Blue Raiders are out on the West Coast getting ready to take on St. Mary's in Moraga, California. Again, 9 o'clock tip on ESPN+. Plus. Women's basketball today, 5.30 Central Time, 6.30 Eastern Time, which is where this game is being played. The Lady Terriers step into 
the basketball facility on the campus of the University of Tennessee to take on the Lady Vols. And whatever and, it may be called. When, I'm, I'm over it. College football action, 8 o'clock tonight on ESPN. Texas San Antonio, the Roadrunners taking on Marshall, the Thundering Herd in a battle of former Conference USA members. And in the association, yay, John's back. Grizzlies at New Orleans, 6.30 on TNT, 7 o'clock on Valley Sports South tonight. The Predators go for their fifth straight win as the Vancouver Canucks come into Bridgestone Arena. Again, that's 7 o'clock on Valley Sports South, and that is your rundown. Our top story is brought to you by Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center here in Columbia. Make sure to go by. They've got great deli for your lunch or dinner plans. If you don't have them, let them cook for you. It's delicious. You can put together meats, vegetables, cobblers uh, of your choice. It is delicious, I promise. And we'll also check out some fresh hand-cut meats anytime that you're there. Always, always good Every time I go by there, there's some guy in a white coat putting out fresh meat. Every time. You can't beat that. You cannot beat that. There are very few white coats at, in grocery stores anymore. And you love to see it when you can. So Neely's Meal Shopping Center, Piggly Wiggly, cost plus 10 at the register. Proud sponsors of our top story. And today's top story, Mo, is a little somber news. It really is, man, especially this close to Christmas. Um <clears throat> Excuse me. Legendary Gallison High School football coach Calvin Shore passed away earlier today at the age of 82. Um, and Coach Short and Gallatin football were and legendary. I don't I don't know that there's any better way to say it when he was at the helm through the 80s and into the 90s. Um, they won three state championships, finished second in the state twice. Felt like more. <laughs> Won 205 games over a 17-year career at Gallatin. They were class AAA state champions in 78, 89, and 92. And again, it felt like more. Maybe because my high school and Gallatin were in the same district. And I mean, now that I've kind of stepped away from it, I realize he didn't just own us. He owned everybody. It wasn't just you. It wasn't us. It I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, you feel a little better. Yeah, nothing personal, strictly business. Yeah, but I, I, I remember Franklin going up there one year when I was at the Tennessean and took the opening kickoff, scored on the opening play, got it called back on a holding call, um, scored from the two, was two yards deep in the end zone, got it called back on a holding call. Stuff Gallatin for a safety got it brought back out to the two, and they got B twenty eight seven. I mean, <laughs> things happen at Gallatin, man, with Calvin Short on the sideline. But and you know, it's not like they needed a lot of help. They didn't get a lot of help, but um, you know, they were they were an outstanding football program under Coach Short. Um, two thousand TWSAA Hall of Fame inductee. Um, he was an inaugural inductee into the Tennessee Football Coaches Association's Hall of Fame in 2014. And, of course, in Gallatin's first Athletic Hall of Fame class in 2017. Um, 
one of the best to do it in this state, MTSU grad, and um, he will be sorely missed. And condolences to his wife, Miss Marie, and the Green Wave community. No question. Uh, you know, one of the good things that that our show lends itself to, Mo, is being able to remember folks who, you know, who are legends and not just remember them. I mean, we talk to legends on the show all the time, high in the high school ranks, particularly around here. And, you know, it, I am proud, even though I have no idea who Calvin Short is. I'm, it's proud, unfortunate. I'm proud that we as a collective can honor those folks, uh, memories and careers on this show. And uh, we're proud to do that here. And so, Again, our condolences to uh, Mr. Short's family, Coach Short. I'm sure he would have been fine with me saying. <laughs> so you know how that goes, man. Yeah, I we, mean, we once a coach, 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 always a coach. Yeah. I mean, whether whether you played for him or not. Just ask John Mayer. And it's it's a. <laughs> you still call him coach to this day. To this day, yeah. I mean, it's it's a term of respect. It's a term of endearment. And yes. yeah, uh, Coach Short. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the future of regional sports networks in a secondary top story, Mo. Mm -hmm. As front office sports is reporting that streaming giant and it, every husband's worst nightmare this time of year, Amazon. <laughs> well, unless there's something coming for you, yeah. Well, it's it's uh, a guy posted yesterday. He said. Uh, my wife bought Amazon today. No, not their stock. And, you know, the entire company. It's, it's on our front porch. <laughs> Just all of their inventory, we we now own it. And so, you know, it's but Amazon is doing a lot of different things. One of the things they are getting into heavy right now is live sports on Amazon Prime. Front office sports saying that Amazon may be investing in Diamond Sports Group, which is the parent company of the Bally Sports branded regional sports networks. Of course, we have them all here in Nashville, Memphis, Atlanta, et cetera. And could eventually move those games to Amazon Prime. Now, would they continue to be regional at that point or would they air them nationally? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that depending on where you live, where your internet is based, that's the, the region that you would see. On Amazon Prime, how do we feel about this? Well, from a stability standpoint, as you just mentioned, <laughs> I mean Amazon ain't going nowhere. There's that. So, I think that's a positive. I think Amazon, MLB, whoever else is involved with broadcasting Major League Baseball games has got to figure a way to make baseball easier to consume via broadcast. I mean, for you to take my IP address and decide that I'm not interested in the Kansas City Royals or the Colorado Rockies or whatever and restrict my viewing accordingly is a little ridiculous. And now, and I'm not interested in the world of the Rockies, but I might be. 
my next door neighbor may be. Well, and, and that's, you know, that's what the MLB app is for and all of that. But boy, it just costs so much money. It's, it's a little ridiculous. Right. <clears throat> but. And it shouldn't be. Well, yeah, you can see that if you want to, but it's going to cost you. Here's what I love. And, and, and hopefully, hopefully there won't be a massive upcharge. I'm sure there will be some sort of upcharge. For it, maybe not. Maybe they, you know, maybe Amazon Prime just says if you have Amazon Prime and you pay your fourteen dollars a month, you just get it. Mm -hmm. You know, if it, even if it goes up to twenty, I'm gonna pay for it. But not having to buy an entire cable package just to watch the Atlanta Braves, I'm in because mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do it. That's just the bottom line. I'm not right. gonna do it. Right. I will. Well, I mean, that's the reason we got. Um, the direct, direct because they were carrying Bally and Hulu was not. Right. And I wasn't going to buy the Bally package. I mean, as much as I wanted to watch the Braves. Well, they, were, they weren't on the Bally package. That's the problem. You couldn't just buy the $20 a month Bally that's right. app and get the Braves. You could get everybody else. You could get the Predators. You could get the Grizzlies. You could get everybody, but you couldn't get the Braves. And that's why I didn't buy it. Right. I would have. I would have paid $30 for it. But instead, I was, you know, resorting to other measures. <laughs> Whatever those may have been. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that's that's the problem is, is I'm just, I guess, not a problem. That's exactly why. I mean, that's, I think it's a great idea because it helps what, me. But that's what that's what Major League Baseball has got to figure out, though, because there are plenty of people out there like you who aren't going to pay seventy five dollars a month for a streaming package. And you can't continue to alienate those people and then walk around talking about Man, nobody's watching baseball. I don't know why nobody's watching baseball. Well, yeah, you do, because it's too expensive to buy a cable package that I don't need. I already have Peacock and Paramount Plus and Disney and Hulu, and I don't need a full cable package. All of the things that I want to watch are on those streaming services. And you should be as well. And if you're, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to pay 75 whole dollars for one channel. Right. Not going to do. But if I'm on Amazon Prime, I think this is I think this is the easiest way to reach the most, most amount people. of people. Mm -hmm. And most everybody has Amazon Prime. I mean, they just do. And Amazon is smart because the biggest jump in subscriptions that they saw was the first Thursday night game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. people live, aren't going to miss their Thursday night football live sports brings in subscriptions better than anything else because mm -hmm. it's the only thing that you can't watch later. And it, live sports is the hardest thing to watch later. It just is. Mm -hmm. Now, before the internet and before you get notifications on your phone, I mean, it, I, I knew two plays before every score on Sunday. Yeah. What was going to happen because yeah. I keep getting notifications on my phone and I'm like, I keep forgetting to mute it. But if you forget to mute it or something like that, you can't go back and watch it. Who wants, I mean, you know. Well, even if, 
you know, if you're just following along on Twitter or whatever, just just minding your own business even and watching the game, stuff's popping up. And, you know, the delay as it is is bothersome, let alone going back and watching it later. That's, that's right. It's, it's just frustrating. So you're not going to do that. Live sports is something that people will tune into and they have to tune in right then or it's going to get spoiled some way. Mm-hmm. You're there. There's almost nothing you can do outside of completely being unplugged to not find out what the final score is before you watch it. Sure, <laughs> it just isn't a possibility. So, anyway, all right. Well, now that we've fixed Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball uh, broadcast issues, mm-hmm. let's see what Chip Kelly and Will Wade had to say about fixing college sports. We'll do that on the other side of the break. Stick around here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 
like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about fixing college sports. I don't really have uh, a whole lot of ideas, but Chip Kelly and Will Wade do. So let's see what Chip Kelly said about splitting FBS and FC, or I'm sorry, FBS levels. And the NCAA has to govern so many schools. You know, I, I started off my coaching career at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, an unbelievable school, great Division three school, plays in the national playoffs, and they're un but they have the same rules that we have. They're in Division three and we're in a Power Five. There's a difference between UCLA and Johns Hopkins. And, the, and now both really good medical schools, but a little different on the football field. And I think they try to do it for the whole, and I understand that. But you have to understand, even in our sport, our sport is different at Division Two, Division Three, Division One than the other sports. So why can't we break away? Oh, it's different. You know, Pat. Yeah. I mean, it, so why can't we break away? And why aren't we independent? And the fact that this, the, that everybody does everything together, the realignment thing just blows my mind. Like, football is going to go play in the Big Ten. Why do the rest of our teams have to go play in the Big Ten? You know, there's so many traditions, as I said. Our, our softball team is off the charts. They're unbelievable. They've won multiple national championships. They have a historic, historic rivalry with Arizona. And now they're not they're not going to play Arizona anymore because football left. Like, that just doesn't make sense. And when things don't make sense, that's when I say something. But I, I don't have all the answers. And I just threw that out there. You know, I drive to work every morning really early. And I think about a lot of things. And that's where that came from when I was thinking about it. So that wasn't the right video. But he's so so basically what he's saying is. Or what he said is. You have to take institutions as what they are when you've got institutions like UCLA, the fifth toughest in, you know institution to get into in the country. And. And I'm not saying that UCLA shouldn't be in the the Power Five, but you have to split the the college rankings. You have to split it in order to pay players what they're what they deserve. Because the fact is that major college football and major college basketball bring in a lot more money than any other sport for their athletes you know, for, for the athletic programs. So paying them their, I guess, their, their worth is going to be, would only be easy to do in the event that you could classify them in a different way by splitting college sports. And I just don't, I, I mean, I, I think it's probably, I think he's right. I don't think it's possible. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know that he's right, honestly. I mean, I, I, <clears throat> first of all, I don't, I don't like the idea of a school having different programs in different tiers, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Um, I mean, for much the same reasons that we kind of struggle with things at the high school level here in Tennessee, I, I, I feel like rivalries cross sports. Well, nothing would change, though. I mean, rivalry-wise, as far as inter, 
I don't think. Basically, what he's saying is you have to treat football and basketball differently because they they bring in the lion's share of the TV revenue, and you just share the TV revenue with the players. And you wouldn't do that for necessarily baseball and softball, which, I mean, those two would probably bring in a little bit, but you're certainly not going to do it for lacrosse or volleyball or whatever because they just, I mean, it's not bringing in the money. That's where the split has to happen is these power conferences that have these multi-million, sometimes billion-dollar TV contracts and stop asking fans to pay these players. Hmm. I mean, it's 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 a paradigm shift, and I'm not sure that I'm able to wrap my head around it. To be honest, so I don't know. That's it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting it's going to be an interesting move forward because obviously there is a there is a there's litigation in California right now that could change everything. It could change. how college athletes are viewed by the government and if they're employees everything changes and at that point college sports is a whole other ball game and i'm not sure how that's going to work because again if they're employees how do you pay football players and volleyball players equally or <laughs> equitably, you know? You're going to get into the same situation that the women's, will, the women's national team and the mm. WNBA have been dealing with. Yep, and, and you are a Title IX suit waiting to happen. Well, if they're, if, if, if they're employees, is, there, is Title IX even, does it even matter anymore? If they're employees of an institution and you're employing some people and you're not employing other people for basically doing the same thing, well, I, I don't know that's how that works. That's the thing. I mean, you, you are you going to pay you know your your five star quarterback the same that you're paying the third string long snapper? Because I know they're not doing the same job, but they are. They're at the same level in the company. Basically. I mean, are there tiers? I'm, I'm more your, concerned. Does your pay change if you get demoted to quarterback? I'm, I'm more concerned with the third string quarterback and the starting hooker on the rugby team or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how you justify making some athletes in some sports employees of the university and other athletes in other sports not i'm just not sure from a legal basis no, I, from don't an think, ethical I don't think that's the case i don't think that's what's happened what i'm saying is if football is the same job volleyball is a different job in the in the company so football is quality control Volleyball is uh, the janitor. Just it's the first thing that came to my mind. But there's just different jobs in a company, 
right? You've got two different jobs. They don't get paid the same in a corporation. So that would be okay as long as all the volleyball players are getting paid the same and all the football players are getting paid the same, mm -hmm. right? Theoretical, yeah. So, and, and, and volleyball may make less than football. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But even still, I don't think you can do that. There's no way. And if you do, their Pell Grants are gone. Do they get scholarship money? That's a good question. We're going to pay for your education and we're going to pay you, the school. Does the, does uh, the scholarship I, money come out of your pay? Is it automatically docked like health care? Do you, I mean, do you have to go with whatever health care they have? There's too much that goes into this. This is an insane depth conversation mm -hmm. that there are going to be so many unintended consequences of this thing. That's, that's a big thing. I, I think there's going to be a lot of, oh, really? We didn't know. We didn't think about that. Mm, that, that that's going to be an overused phrase. <laughs> it's going to be the, the new... Uh, Fluid situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyway, let's go to Will Wade. Yeah, let's. He's got some things to say. And I got some things to say about what he had to say. There's a strong legal argument that these kids should not lose eligibility. And it goes to court. The kids will not lose eligibility. I'm almost I, I've been. You, you never know anything for 100% sure. But this thing, December 27th, the NCAA is toast anyway. They're going to get beat again on the 27th. So, it's, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a moot point. They're getting beat again. And they'll get beat again after that, and they'll get beat again after that. However, legally, a lot of what the NCAA does is just, it's just flat illegal. I've learned that through, 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 all, through all my stuff, through all, their, through all this stuff. Like, it's just, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. There's a reason they're trying to get antitrust exemption from from Congress. And so, I mean, they look, they just need to blow the whole thing up and come back with a new model and they need to collective bargain with the players. It's the only way they can make this thing work. And until they do that, they're just going to get they're just going to get smacked in court. And they're just going to get smacked because it's in any other any other uh any other uh you know, line of work, what they do is totally illegal. And so, I mean, they just, they're just, they're just going to get smacked in court. By, it's, it's really by the players and parents and stuff more than it is, uh, more than it is the schools. But I do think the schools are now realizing, you know, look, it's, you know, we, you know, it, it's, you know, the organization's got some real flaws to it. Hey, you can do whatever you want, but if it comes back and we win, we can punish you. The fact that that got overturned, they're toast. Their initial eligibility requirements are now out the window. Like all the initial eligibility stuff, but the restitution's out. You can just play whoever you want, which is what you should be able to do anyway. It's, this is how it's screwed up there. They're the only organization in the world that puts – so they put um, – you have initial eligibility standards, right? You've got to meet the initial eligibility standards. So they're going to tell you who your school can take. You can only take the people that meet their initial eligibility standards to play sports. And then they're going to hold you accountable through the APR for who they tell you to take. Either let everybody take whoever they want 
and then hold them accountable for the APR or give them initial eligibility standards and don't worry about the APR. You can't do both. You can't tell them who to take, then hold them accountable for who you tell them to take. Stupid. The whole thing's stupid, and it's all uh, – it's all – None of it, it none of it, it lines up linear. It's all just think about that. They tell you who to take, then they hold you accountable for who they tell you who to take. What other what what, what other job can do that? You you can hire who you want to work on sound off, right? And then you're held accountable for who you hire. You don't get held accountable for what your boss tells you to hire. Your boss gets held accountable. It's stupid. The whole thing's stupid. And people are starting to figure that out. Okay. Well, one thing that doesn't matter is in 2324, there are no eligibility requirements anymore. You, transfers can play. It's really frustrating to listen to Will Wade go on about. <clears throat> Incoming eligibility. I assume he's referring to academic. 2.75 or whatever. 2.5. You know, <clears throat> the way this thing is currently constructed, these are institutions of higher learning, first and foremost. Now, whatever the business structure is, it is what it is. But these kids are supposed to be bettering themselves academically, educationally, in addition to playing whatever sport it is that they're playing. So they have minimum standards that they have to reach academically. And the APR, they have to be making reasonable progress toward a degree. And he's saying that If you're going to tell us who we can take, then let us take who we can take and then leave it alone. Now, speaking of unintended consequences, I think this is an entirely intended consequence because if we're bringing kids in and then we're not monitoring their academic progress, they're not going to be making academic progress. Many of them will not, absolutely. And in four years, they will have six credit hours that they took a PE. Yeah. Some of them. Yeah. There, I mean, there are, there are some places that you can still be enrolled with, you know, three credit hours. And that, cre and, and that could be literally, you know, anything. Underwater basket weaving, sure. as they like to say. Yeah. I mean, and that's what he wants. Help me win some ball games, and then whatever happens, happens to you. But help me win some ball games. But I don't know that he necessarily is wrong with criticizing the NCAA in that. I think that should be an institution's job, not the NCAA's job. Okay. Does that make sense? No. Because what happens when the institution doesn't do it? Well, then that's on the institution. They're the ones who have, have, have paid this. They're the ones who are on the hook for it. I mean, 
I, I just I don't know why the NCAA needs to be, which I mean, ev- at every level of athletics, when there's education involved, whether it's high school or college, there's a minimum eligibility standard. If you have the correct GPA, then you're eligible. I don't know. I mean, it just seems silly both ways. I just feel like if you leave coaches and if you leave schools to their own devices, someone is going to behave in a manner that is not going to be advantageous to the kid. And, so, and and the kid and the kid ultimately is the one that gets screwed by not, with no recourse by not taking responsibility for themselves because they're a kid. Now look, we could talk about their adults at eighteen, whatever. Kids need structure, even when they're in college. Trust me, <laughs> especially when they're. In college. I know, right? <laughs> I think as a student athlete, I think you're exactly right. You've got to force them to also be students, to be the student student athlete. Right. Absolutely. I think you're exactly right. And yeah, I mean, you're probably right. If, if the, there are going to be some schools and some coaches who would just assume you, you need to skip that class and come to practice. Or whatever. Yeah. Will has comments. Let's take a break. When we come back, Greg Seitz joins us. Speaking of (laughs) student athletes and whatnot, the athletics director of Jacksonville State will be with us right after this on Main Street Sports Today. Y'all stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. 
With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Young, Mo Patton here on this Top 5 Tuesday, Top 5 Worst Christmas Songs. <laughs> We've had our feel of Christmas music to this point. We're going to tell you what five songs we hope we never hear again. <laughs> so stick around for that. Chip Walter's still to come as well and Terry McCormick. But right now we go to the Athletics Director of Jacksonville State University, Greg Seitz, the pride of Wayne County. What's up, Greg? Man, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm still enjoying the the weekend. That's for sure. <laughs> well, how was Stephenville? Stephenville was it was okay. We came away with the win, so that was good. Uh, first time I'd been there, so I'm glad to be back in Jacksonville. I bet. I bet. It, it is not for not to ask you to give anything away, but is that a, a precursor to anything we may see in the future? More trips to Stephenville. <laughs> You don't know? <laughs> no, don't read anything into okay. it. Just, it was a good opportunity, you know, because it was already in New Orleans, right? So just a good opportunity to catch our men on the road. So, um, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, I like, I like, I support all of our teams, obviously. So it was just a good chance to, to catch them. We haven't, um, you know, I missed some of their other road games and just, just a good chance to catch them on the road. So. Yeah. And like you said, you were in New Orleans and, and you were in a, in a festive mood as you left New Orleans, it was probably a little easier trip to take than it would have been had things gone the other way in New Orleans as they were for so long during the course of that game. Oh yeah, I, I tell you Mo, I'm not sure I can ever remember, um, you know, being on the side where you win a football game by giving up three defensive touchdowns. Jeez. I mean, that's just unheard of. And I'm, I'm sure Chris was on pins and needles, just like I was, too. It was, uh, but, you know, thank, thank goodness our uh, freshman kicker, walk-on kicker, came out and hit that 27-yard field goal in overtime to, you know, to give us our first bow win, which, uh, you know, I'm not sure we could have scripted it any better. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't stand to be a walk-on much longer, does he? <laughs> I probably not. He, he would definitely go down in our uh, football history as – uh, you know, is is probably kicking the one of the biggest field goals in the in the history of Jack State. Put him up for the Burlesworth Trophy, I uh, guess, huh? There you go, F former walk-ons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he and uh, he and Ashley are going to be side by side 
now. <laughs> the first ever female kicker to, to score in an NCAA game and the kid who gave us a bowl win. Yeah. The, those are the two biggest kicks in, in Jack State history right there. Yeah, I would agree. I agree 100% with that for sure. So he hadn't, he hadn't missed a kick in his Gamecock career. That's the way I've been telling folks. So pretty good. Oh, man. Well, you know, obviously being in a bowl game, not knowing that we were going to get into a bowl game for so long and then finally getting the New Orleans Bowl invite, playing against Louisiana, uh, you know, handing them the other L they refused to use. <laughs> and, uh, but, but. How big is that for this program in year one? I mean, it, it, you see a you know a recruiting bump from that because kids want to play where they're going to be successful. And, and so, how big was this for for our program? You know, I'm not sure. We'll you know you know we'll look we'll look at this uh, you know a few you know whether it's months or, or years down the road and, and just see how big it is. But um, you know, obviously, our first year in FBS. Um, you know, I was like, man, if we can just have a winning record, that'd be outstanding. I think and but you know what, this bunch, I mean, they, I mean, they, they deserve to be in a bow. I mean, they played, I know you followed us all year and you guys both had a chance to see us up in Murfreesboro at middle Tennessee. And I tell you that second half up there was, I mean, we were clicking on all cylinders and just came off the win at Sam Houston. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I think when you hire a veteran coach, like, uh, you know, like Richard, who's been there, done that. I mean, the expectations, you know, were vastly different than what we were used to, but I mean, they, everybody bought in from the, you know, beyond the team, I mean, the, the, the community, the university, the students, the alumni, everybody bought in. So, um, you know, I told him, I said, Coach, you've, uh, we were just talking you know, a couple of minutes ago. I said, man, you've set the expectations really high. But, uh, and Chris, you know us, and, and Mo, I know we're just getting back into playing you guys. But it's, um, I mean, we, we've had a lot of great history and tradition at Jacksonville State. And, you know, this is just another step. Uh, in the FBS world for us. When, you know, when we do look back, you know, just kind of take it all in that a bowl win, a bowl game in and of itself. I talked with Chase Robinson this morning um, as he was filling in for Mike. And, you know, he mentioned how, how the trajectory of our program from, from, D2 to FCS and now to FBS, it, it almost didn't even feel like a pipe dream in 2004 when I showed up on campus and we had just went to the FCS playoffs and gotten drubbed by Furman. You know, it just, it felt like a, it, it, FBS wasn't even in the realm of possibility. And so to see it, you know, 20 years later, it just feels like Jacksonville State has become one of those programs that that belongs wherever it is, no matter whether it's D2, FCS, or FBS. Yeah, I think I think you make a great point, Chris. I mean, you know, we, we've won everywhere we've been, right? Every division we've won. I mean, all the way back from our NAIA days till we made the move to Division Two, and then up to FCS. You know, it took us a little longer once we made that transition from Division Two, coming off the national championship in 92, uh, you know, until, uh, quite honestly, until – about 03 when we joined the OVC and we won back-to-back -back championships there. Um, I mean, you know, from that point forward, it's just been, uh, it's been incredible, but yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think now though, when the investments of schools, you know, like Jacksonville state and James Madison, who, 
you know, also had a had an outstanding year. I think when you, I think it just goes to show you when you put the investment into football, you know, that you can be successful, and you know, the margin, you know, is is really small, uh, you know, between you know, some of the other group of five schools. And I think we were able to come in. I think by winning that first game against UTEP, it just gave our kids confidence right off the bat. People were like, hey, we can we can play at this level. And, um, you know, so, you know, and here we are. We end up with nine wins in our first year. Uh, and we were nine and two last year and nine and four this year. So I think it's, uh, I think it's just a testament to, you know, what Coach Richrod and his staff has been able to do. And to your point, I feel like that um, – you know, I think we're we've got about 18, 19 um, NLLs out, uh, NLIs out tomorrow. So we'll see how many of those come in. But uh, you know, Richard, I mean, he you know he's he's recruiting nationally, so it's you know it's not really any more in the southeast. I mean, we got a commitment from a quarterback in Miami that's you know highly rated and uh, a lot of highly rated recruits. And I think tomorrow, once we get those announced, that uh, you know you'll see it's not. It's not, and even when you look at our roster, Chris, I mean, it's not no longer in, you know, the state of Alabama and the panhandle of Florida and, and you know, a little of Georgia. I mean, we, we're national now. And obviously playing all those uh, games on television here, we ended up with nine games on national television all year, which is pretty incredible when you count the bowl game on ESPN. Uh, you have to give the hats off to Conference USA for kind of thinking outside the box and let's play in those midweek games. From our standpoint and vantage point, I thought it was a huge success. Greg Seitz, Athletics Director at Jacksonville State University and Waynesboro, Tennessee native, joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, I remembered. Um, mm -hmm. Greg, when you, you said a second ago, we won everywhere we've been, and that's something that kind of resonated with me as you recount y'all's journey in AIA D2, 1AA slash FCS, and now FBS. Doesn't that speak to some degree, and I'm not asking you to break your arm patting yourself on the back necessarily, but that has to speak to some degree to the leadership at Jacksonville State University from a standpoint of knowing when you guys were ready and having everything in place to be ready to take that step and being able to do so successfully. Yeah, and I appreciate it. And um, you know, I'm in my 31st year at Jacksonville State, so you know, I've seen I, I've seen some you know pretty bad days through that through the early years from the Division Two to FCS. Mo, I mean, we had a in '97. I mean, we were one in ten and stuff. But I, I tell you what, I think that helped me. I became the full-time ED in 2015. I think what helped me is being is being there during that transition and saying, okay, you know, what what can we do better this time? And so, you know, um, I think that was very helpful. But it it certainly starts with our board of trustees, who, uh, you know, are very very supportive, and then our president, President Killingsworth, uh, and you know, myself. I feel like we're all pulling in the exact same direction. And so, you know, I'm not going to come and ask for things that, you know you know, that are unattainable. I mean, we try and prioritize from as a department wise of, you know, Hey, what, what can we do to, to get better? And, uh, you know, they've always been great. When we come up, we're getting ready to open a new 52,000 square foot football operations building in the end zone. Hopefully you'll be able to come down and see that next year. Uh, and when we finish all of our construction, I mean, we're going to end up with 51 suites, 
So we, we have a great vision, I feel like, but also our board trustees and stuff, when we come to them with a the plan, we also have a plan in the, uh, from the administration side on the, in the department saying, hey, here's how we can help fund this and here and this will make us better. Uh, so um, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, bringing that up because it, it truly is. I mean, it starts at the top with our board of trustees and with our president. Uh, you know, being so supportive as well. And I think it's an advantage for me too. Like I say, I've been here 31 years. So, you know, I've got a great relationship with all of those folks. And, um, you know, so when I, when I come to them with an idea of, um, you know, we kind of think outside the box, if you look at our stadium, I mean, it's a multi-purpose facility, right? So we've got a, a beautiful stadium, but the first four floors, we have 393 dorm beds. Then we have the football side on it. And then this new football operations building is very similar. We've got 10 additional suites and a field club level, you know, that can be multi-use and multifunctional. Um, and then, you know, we'll have the football operations side out there. So um, I just feel like we've, you know, come up with some good ideas and kind of think outside the box. Looking forward to seeing that. Tell me this, because this is a question I have, and normally I would just ask you this off the air, but since I got you here, I, where are we going to put the cameras now that the, the other press box is torn down? <laughs> yeah. Where are we going to put everybody over there? It's going to look great. It is. So we're building some outdoor, outdoor concourse suites on that side, Chris. I think similar to what middle, I think they have some outdoors. Yeah. Okay. So we're doing that on the north side, but we, we built uh, three camera platforms as well gotcha. that are going to be elevated up about 25 feet to give you the same perspective because it truly is a great view from, from that old press box. The north side, which is actually they're they're demoing it uh, today and tomorrow. So whenever you come Man. back on campus, it'll it'll be gone. But you know it opened in 1961, and then with the second and the, the third and fourth floors were added in '66. So it's time, right? It, it truly yeah. is time and uh, and stuff. But it's going to look a little different. But um, I think our fans are certainly going to love it. And you know we all know you know the best. What's the best promotion out there? Winning. And I mean, it is, it is, uh, people are, are talking Jack State football all across the country, um, you know, and so, so it's, a, it's an exciting time to be at Jacksonville State. Yes, it is. It's always exciting. And Greg, we appreciate it so much. Congratulations to our football team. Please pass on our congratulations for a big win for not only Jacksonville State, but for Conference USA. It's been it's been a good bowl season to this point, and hopefully Liberty can finish it off and we can get out of here with a 3-1 record and hopefully get more than four teams in next year. But uh, we appreciate you taking some time with us and look forward to more Jacksonville State down the road. Yeah, that sounds great. Hope you both have a Merry Christmas and look forward to catching up soon. Sounds good, Greg. Thank you. All right, we take a quick break here. That was Greg Seitz, Athletics Director of Jacksonville State University. We will come back with Terry McCormick, Chip Walter still standing by. So all of that coming your way in just a moment right after this. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. 
The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Hey, welcome back in. Time now for our daily Titans update from Terry McCormick. Terry, what have you got for us? Well, guys, a day off for the Titans. Uh, you may have seen it after uh, my segment yesterday, but uh, Tier Tart claimed off waivers by the Houston Texans. And that's interesting because the Titans and Texans have a rematch on New Year's Eve. So Tier Tart going to get uh, a little bit of chance at revenge against his former team. So we'll see, you know, what his attitude and his uh, – take on the whole thing is uh, when he gets a chance to play against the Titans. Because that's what the Texans needed, more more help on the defensive line. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, <laughs> Tart, that's, that's his forte. Is That's what he does is stop the run. And, uh, you know, he I think he had like something like six tackles for loss this year among his 21 tackles. So, you know, certainly when motivated and when he has the right attitude, he is – can be a, an impact player, and I think uh, I can't imagine him being much more motivated than he will be to take on the Titans when they come down to Houston in two weeks. Yeah, and and he will have a unique feel for the abilities of this offensive line that he'll be going against as well, I would guess. Yes, or maybe inabilities as the term may be. <laughs> I tell you what, you know, I mean, you think about it, that is a nightmare matchup because you're talking about a guy who's a big load in Tier Tart going against an undersized center in Aaron Brewer and a guard in Peter Skaronsky who is no doubt coming off the worst game he's had since he's been with the Titans, and that came courtesy of the Texans and what they already had. So not trying to skip ahead and uh, minimize this week's game against the Seahawks, but certainly something worth watching for in a couple of weeks. Uh, speaking of the Seahawks, it's interesting. Mm. I mean, because, you know, you're talking about a team that desperately needed to win and knocked off the Eagles last night. Now they come to Nashville trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. And, and it'll be interesting to see if it's Drew Locke again or if Geno Smith is healthy enough to go. Likewise, it's going to be interesting to see what the Titans do. If it's going to be uh, Will Levis healthy enough to go, I'm not looking for that to happen. Uh, I'm guessing it's probably going to be Ryan Tannehill back at the controls of the offense. And this will be an opportunity for him to uh, put something maybe good on tape as he heads out the door and looks for his next role. Well, if the Seahawks become familiar with the stat that <laughs> the Titans are 18 and 45 against backup quarterbacks over the last 13 years, including what happened last week, you know, then yeah. You probably leave Drew Locke in there. I mean, he led those guys <laughs> to a game. You, he led those guys to a game-winning touchdown drive with with what twenty-three seconds left. I mean, and he just something like that. You know, and dropped the a dime is, for the game winner. I mean, I didn't expect it, but you know, but, I mean, the thing with the Titans and backup quarterbacks, I don't, I don't have an explanation for how how that happens. I mean, I honestly don't. Do, do you guys have any explanation as to why that could happen? Why this team is so bad 
when a quarterback change is made and either mid-game a guy comes in like Gardner Minshew did in the uh, first Colts game up in Indianapolis when they seemingly had things under control against Anthony Richardson, the starter, or when it's just a guy who hadn't thrown a pass in two years and Case Keenum comes up and just mops the floor with you. I don't understand that. I, I, I can tell you. And it's simple. And this is this is not a Mike Brabel thing. This goes all the way back to, you know, the late nineties. I remember once they lost a game in which Craig Krenzel was under center for the Bears. It's it's the same exact reason that Tennessee is going to give up third and twelve plus against Florida every single time. Someone somewhere is getting karmaed. It's just simple. There's no other explanation. Tell me how it transcends coaches. It transcends players. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. But third and 12 against Florida, Tennessee's going to give it up. Titans are going to lose to backup quarterbacks. That's just the way it is. I don't understand. It's just someone (laughs) did something, and now we're dealing with karma. That's the only explanation. I mean, it makes as much sense as anything else, I guess. I don't know. It's wild. So it's an off day today, huh, Terry? It is an off day today. They'll be back at it tomorrow, and obviously we'll get our first look to see uh, what's going on at the quarterback position, whether it's Will Levis. I don't look for him to be out there, especially just three days after suffering that ankle injury. My guess is it'll be Ryan Tannehill with Malik Willis as the number two. Now, there is a school of thought that some people have put out there about this. Do you put Malik Willis out there and just see what you have, see if he can be a competent backup, and in a way protect Ryan Tannehill, knowing he's going into free agency and telling him, "Thanks for all you've done. We're not gonna, we're not gonna risk you any further." Either makes sense, but I, I mean, what? I, I would play Malik Willis because you know, if anybody, I, I know he's, I know he's not a great passer. I get that he's not great, but. He's the one player on the team who might not die back there because he can at least escape pressure to maybe he just gets tripped up instead of folded. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a tough concept to argue with. It really is. I mean, maybe he is the only quarterback on the roster that can survive that offensive line. I, I say we just go straight wildcat and be done with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I got There's nothing. something to be said for that, too. <laughs> there absolutely is. Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. The new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. 
The VIP program is by invite only. So if you feel your Zen Sports Play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoolumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yell, Mo Patton, and it is Tuesday, Top 5 Tuesday, Top 5 Worst Christmas Songs. You know what? Let, let's rephrase that. Top 5 Least Favorite Christmas Songs. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not schooled enough in music to, to know if it's a bad song or not. I just know I don't, I like, don't it. like it. <laughs> so, so I'll say, we'll say least favorite, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's that's... <laughs> That's probably a good distinction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, but that's still to come later in the show. Right now, we're going to go to Chip Walters, who is on. He, he went west, young man, as some folks do, and he's out on the, the coast. What's going on, Chip? Uh, doing okay. Just uh, got back from game day practice. Uh, I'm actually in our hotel. We're in, staying in Walnut Creek. California. Uh, St. Mary's, of course, is in Moraga, which is, of course, just the arena is about, the arena is like seven miles from here, but it is really an interesting drive from here that you, uh, it's, it's like going, it's because it's up on top of a little mountain and you have to go through some really curvy, uh, uphill, downhills, uh, places that you wouldn't expect a bus to go, uh, it, the, our bus driver just went right on, but you know, uh, it, it's funny. You walk in that building and you think how many times have I laid in bed at night watching, you know, a late night game, uh, on the West coast, whether it's, you know, Gonzaga or Gonzaga in there, or, you know, San Francisco or whoever it might be. Some of those West coast conference games at night and, and, uh, in this, uh, you know, this St. Mary's team, uh, 
is right now is probably a little better defensively than they are offensively, but they're starting to get going. Uh, they've won three in a row. They're six and five. Middles five and six. So, you know, uh, Blue Raiders, you know, coming off a, a loss to Belmont and have had ten days to to try to work, you know get better and work some things out and and realize that Cam Weston's not going to be walking up that ramp tonight. And uh, so they'll, they'll have their hands full tonight against a, a, a uh, St. Mary's team that has won three in a row, including giving Colorado State their first loss and also coming off a double overtime win against UNLV. Chip, you said you were in Walnut Creek, and the first thing I thought about was the Walnut Creek Crawdads of the California Collegiate League in baseball. Okay. For whom former Columbia Academy standout Cavaris Tears played two summers ago. Okay. So you and Cavaris have Mm -hmm. both spent time in Walnut Creek. I guess he spent a little bit more time there than you will have, but... um, I saw you listed Alcatraz on ChooseChip.net yesterday. I did. Uh, we uh, uh, we we flew out uh, Sunday evening uh, and got out here, and so and our practice time yesterday was uh, about game time, so about seven o'clock last night, six o'clock, whatever it was. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out two hour difference in time zone, so uh, trying to balance all that out, but. Uh, we had a midday uh, trip over into San Francisco and uh, went to uh, went to Alcatraz and it uh, and it was we got fairly lucky with the weather during most of the trip but uh, right before we were getting on the boat to come back across and and uh, to pier 33 I mean the bottom fell out and it has been raining ever since mm-hmm. uh, and uh, all, a little bit better today, but uh, but that that's a great, that's really a, a, a good. We were over there for a couple hours, and uh, and I, I went through the. I mean, it's a pretty good size island, and there's a lot of stuff on that island. But I went through the, uh, you know, went through the cell house, and they have a recorded uh, tour where you get to a certain point, you hit the start button, and and it takes you right through there, which was really very well done. But, you know, there were times when I hit pause and I was looking out there at the lighthouse and I'm thinking, that's where Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage were kind of juggling the uh, the stuff that you didn't want to get on you, you know, in, uh, in, the, in the movie. But, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that you saw in the movie, The Rock is right there. And, and, uh, and I was asking some of the guys uh, coming back yesterday, I said, I said, what do you think the worst part would be? And. And they would kind of give me their ideas. And, and I told them, I said, I think the worst part other than, you know, obviously being in prison would be that you walk out in the prison yard and you look and you can see San Francisco right there, but you can't, but you can't get to it. And, and they were, they were talking about how like on new year's Eve, if the wind was right, you could hear new year's Eve parties from San Francisco out on the rock, on the Island. So it was, uh, you know, I can understand why if somebody tried to get out of there, it would it would be awfully hard to 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 get somewhere. Wow. And I, I will say this, and uh, the, the the guys, uh, I mean, this this is a really interesting group because they take it all in. They are really interested and pay attention, 
and all that. And, and you know, we saw, I saw that with this group when we went to Italy and, you know, they've become really kind of savvy travelers and that's, that's, that's fun to be around a group like that. Yeah. And it's great when you can give that experience. Yeah, exactly. To, to some folks at that age in particular. So, you know, kudos to Nick McDevitt and the coaching staff for, for recognizing that and being able to put those guys in those positions to, to have, you know, life experiences, not yeah. just athletic experiences. Yeah, it's all, I mean, they, they're getting a great college, college experience for sure. And, and they're, 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 uh, they're soaking it in and, and taking advantage of it, which is good. That's fantastic. Chip Walters, the, Burv, Burv, the Burv, the Blue Raider voice, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chip, um, there is a press conference apparently scheduled for tomorrow afternoon that you will miss. During, unless, huh? Unless I can uh, get on it uh, by Zoom. Well, you can get on it by Zoom. So, yeah, well, um, I, I meant in person, but yes. In person, yes. yeah. But yes, correct. it will be available via Zoom, but um, in which newly named football coach Derek Mason will be discussing his December period signing class. And it sounds like that class is likely to be tinged with some local names. It, it does appear that way. And, uh, I, I talked to Mark Owens uh, a little bit ago and and just to get a feel because the last 48 hours, uh, it appears there is, from my perspective and the way it showed up on my uh, social media, it's been a real flurry of, of uh, commitments and whether it was high school kids or a handful of, of uh of portal kids right now, a couple of, I've even seen a couple of, you know, pretty interesting junior college guys, uh, obviously one that has local ties. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I, I think they have really hit the ground running and uh, for coach uh, Mason, uh, I think he has to be given kudos to the way he has treated the remaining staff, at least, what you see from the outside and also i think you have to give those guys a lot of credit because their futures are all uncertain um and the ones who are still around that have been out on the recruiting trail uh they have lived up to their obligations of of going out and selling the program selling the university and selling uh, the vision of what uh, coach mason has looking forward so uh it's my understanding that the signing class tomorrow will be somewhere between 20 and 25 um, and, and have a mixture as you, as we've mentioned between high school portal, JUCOs. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be an interesting group and, and also it, I'll, I'll, it'll be interesting to get a feel from him tomorrow on what will need to be done before the February signing period, because this is going to be uh, the largest turnover of a roster at middle uh, probably in the 109 years of football. So that, that uh, you know, at least since 
World War II when they stopped playing for a couple of years. So uh, I, I would say you're, you may have as many as 35 to 40 new names on the roster by the time you kick it off against Tennessee Tech in August. But uh, that'll be a, a question that'll be for Coach Mason. But uh, it, it, they've been very, uh, you know, it's they've been it, to me. It seems that the bullet points of the message that he was given, uh, he is living those out. In that, as you mentioned, you're seeing local kids' names up there. You're also seeing uh, a, a pretty transparent uh, communication with the fan base by way of social media. And, uh, so it, it's, uh, I, I think, you know, there was sometimes there's tone deafness in all of athletics, but I think that in this case, uh, I think the message is, is has been pretty clear and, uh, and, and, and so far it's been an exciting uh, message to hear back from him. And when you mentioned that type turnover, that's that turnover is tough on, broadcasters trying to learn names and, and players right. and positions, I would imagine, huh? Well, I've got, I'll have, uh, I'll have nine months for that. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, so the, that, that, you know, I, there's some of those guys I've, I've seen go in that I, you know, really, you know, you know, hate to see them go because, you know, you're going to have an almost completely rebuilt defense, uh, between graduation and the transfer portal. But, uh, you know, he is, uh, with, I mean, his ability that we know about from a defensive standpoint, uh, that, you know, he, he knows how to build a defense. And also uh, Coach Stewart, the new defensive coordinator, has a, a, a big, long history of what he has been able to do from a defensive standpoint. So looking forward to, to meeting all those guys. I mean, I, I've actually, I've been around Coach Mason so far about, maybe a total of 60 seconds on two different occasions, but he's doing what he needs to do right now. And, uh, but uh, those guys are out beating the bushes and, and uh, you know, and we'll, we'll see uh, some tangible results of, of that bush beating uh, tomorrow when they announce uh, the first part of this class for the, that'll come in for 2024. Sure. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, there, there's, a, and one of the best things about this class is, you know, you're seeing a lot of the recruiting going on, not only from Coach Mason, but boy, has he put together a staff. This hey, staff is just insane. He's, he's definitely got some names that are recognizable on a regional basis if not on a national yeah. basis you know ryan stewart particularly nationally ryan stewart um kendall simmons, simmons um, two-time super bowl winner the um the defensive backs coach bryce lewis um, yeah i mean and and you knew that he was going to get some some dudes on the defensive side of the ball in particular because that's that's where he makes his bones anyway but um Chip, one, one other thing that we need to hit on probably before, yeah. we, before we let you get out of here, the um, tomorrow's press conference will be followed up by the final Lady Raiders contest pre-holiday as the Northern Kentucky Lady Norse. 
I'm Some guessing that's the case. Yeah. Norse women. Nor Norse women? I, would assume. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, Northern Kentucky's women's basketball team will play at Murphy Center 6.30 tip-off tomorrow as Middle looks for its 10th win of the season. That's right. And, you know, to be honest, uh, you know, I was looking, coming off the, the uh, win against Stephen F. Austin, you know, SFA won 27 games a year ago, and we were sitting here talking about that of, you know, well, that's got a chance to be a, you know, really good matchup between Conference USA and the WAC and, and, uh, and, 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 and middle, it was a, a whack middle went out and whacked them uh, on, on Sunday afternoon and, you know, beat them by what, almost 25 and had, uh, had a great game from, you know, from Courtney Whitson and, and also Savannah Wheeler. She had, Savannah had a pretty good weekend. She did. Gra graduated on the Murphy center floor on, on Saturday and, uh, scored 25 on Sunday. And, uh, so congratulations to her and, that and, seems uh, good. Yeah, and, and and Courtney had a had a big a big day, uh, and so you know they they went out and just really took care of business on Sunday. And now uh, I, I don't know a ton about Northern Kentucky, but uh, you know Middle is kind of in a position right now, worried about them. I was looking at something popped up on my social media the other day about uh, it was women's power ratings, and I'm not sure who the the uh, the originator of that was, but they, they, they projected their power ranking had middle the lady Raiders as the number one team in conference USA uh, right now. And then it also had a projection right now they're nine and three and it projected their record at the end of the regular season. And their projection was that middle would be 27 and three. So so they, uh, they, they, that, 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 uh, power ranking had a lot of, uh, was th thinks awful highly of, of what coach Ensel and his staff have put together. And this is a lineup and a roster that, you know, is built, I think, to kind of take on all comers because, you know, they have the ability to play small if, if they want. And obviously with, with Anastasia in the game at six, five, they can go awfully big. And if they, put both both big girls in they can be really big uh for segments of a game so they, they they've got some versatility and and uh i, I know they want to go into christmas uh with a uh, on a high note for sure savannah wheeler as you mentioned 25 points eight boards courtney woodson 14.7 rebounds in that 72 to 47 so it was a 25 point yeah. win for mtsu over the lady jacks and as you mentioned um anastasia and Aulia, um, they, Grab they, Grabovskaya. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Grabovskaya. If, if you say so, yeah. Um, She's tall enough to. She, so. <laughs> she, she can really give you some problems when they are both in there together. Um, Tamia Scott has really come along. Boy, and, has and, she ever? I mean, she's tough as nails. And and the FIU transfer, Sifa Ineza. Yeah, she. Uh, you talk about quick. And, and her prowess right now is on the defensive end, and and uh, and she can. You need if you need some steals, put her in a ball game because she no, is, she's she's quick and she can cut off passing lanes. Has good instincts defensively, and uh, and that that right now is her. That that's what she's made her her living on right now is what she's done defensively. Chip. 
enjoy Moraga and enjoy Cedar City, Utah, which is where you are headed next for Friday's matchup before That's the right. holidays. And um, by the way, I do have a 5:40 a.m. flight out of uh, Oakland in the morning. Uh, would you geez. like me to? Would you like me to give you guys a call just to make sure that? Well, it'll be 7:40 here. Sure. I know. So we'll, we'll, I'll be up. You 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 can call. <laughs> okay, might not get an answer, right? Exactly, exactly. Now, Chris Chris says he'll be up. I, 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 on the other hand, will not. So. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you admitting that. So hey, I'm. But let me tell you this though: there's no telling when I'll go to bed last uh, tonight either, because oh, that's true. Yeah, because I've got a I've got a trip to McEwen when we get off the air. Ah, yeah. And it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a trip. So enjoy that. And then, and then I got a trip back later. So and he yeah. doesn't have a flight out of McEwen. No, I don't have a flight out Frank, of McEwen hey, at five forty or otherwise. Yeah. But but uh, but eight forty will be your friend. So uh, coming yeah. back, <laughs> no doubt. Chip Walters, the the verba, the, the burv, the burv, Blue Raider voice, joining us here on Main Street Sports today. As always, Chip, we appreciate it and. um have a great Christmas wherever it is you do that you will be spending it, and we'll catch up with you next week. All right. Thank you, boys. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, rapid-fire reaction to some random stuff across the world of sports. We'll get back to it in just a moment. Stick around. Main Street Sports Day returns in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. 
purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. You know, Chris, as I was looking at the title card with Greg and Chip, we may need some pictures with sports jackets yep. to kind of up our game. It's so funny bit. that you say that because when I made the title card this morning, I was like, we're the worst dressed people on this. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's, probably, that's probably not great. Yeah, so. <laughs> it, it really it did cross my mind as soon as when I saw it this morning. I was like, wow. They, we look like slobs. Yeah, this is not, not yeah. ideal. Or, or we need to get pictures that don't make us look so bad. Yeah, uh, something. Pictures so. of other people. That don't make us look yeah, so bad. <laughs> we need yeah. to get worse looking guests. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Just something to think about. Let's hit some topics real quick before we get into Top 5 Tuesday. Number one, uh, Brett McMurphy compiled some numbers from sportsmediawatch.com. I want to give plenty of credit where credit is due on this. Hmm. Of what college football programs were the mo most watched college football teams in the country? Hmm. Who do you think is the most watched team? The most watched college football team in the country this per year. The Nielsen ratings. Some combination, and I'm going to cop out. Alabama, Texas, Michigan. They're all in the top ten. Top five. Alabama is number one. Okay. Uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is 10th. Really? Yeah. Wow. That surprised me, too. Yeah. I Al okay, go ahead. Alabama, number one. Ohio State, number two. Okay. Colorado, number three. Ah, the prime effect. Georgia, mm -hmm. Michigan. That's your top five. Okay. Who's number six? I've given Did you, you mention Texas? I have not mentioned Texas. Texas is six now. Wrong UT. <laughs> Tennessee, number six, <laughs> with an average of 4.57 million viewers. Where is Texas? Eight. Who's at 4.26. Oregon. Oregon. The Nike effect. Florida State, nine. Notre Dame, 10. Florida State, nine. Huh? Hmm. Maybe the committee should have known that. I think they did. <laughs> I think the <laughs> are, are all four playoff teams. Uh, Where are they? No, Washington is eleven. Oh. Which <laughs> maybe the committee should have known that. So there's that. <laughs> I, I found it interesting, and just want to mention this: that Oregon State and Washington State, twenty eighth and thirtieth of the top thirty two teams. That's mm. top half of the Pac-12. And so I feel like that's that's good for them. Um, some teams notable ahead of them were a little surprising. Navy, which Navy is propped up a little bit by the 7.18 million viewers. For Army Navy. For Army. That's, including you. 
uh, yeah, I, I was among those. And uh, Duke at 2.6 viewers. Nebra- Nebraska, I'm not surprised. Where, where, where are Duke and Nebraska? 23-24. So here is some interesting stuff. Number one, Hawaii did not have a single game rated by Nielsen. Ooh. And without the SEC network, you probably have never seen a Vanderbilt game, according to Brett McMurphy. In the past two years, the Commodores have played exactly one out of 24 games on a Nielsen-rated network. And that was this year when they played Georgia. On CBS. So Nielsen does not write the SEC network. Oh, wow. So anyway, thought that was interesting. Second, speaking of ratings and whatnot, Five-star quarterback Dylan Rayola. Did you see what he posted on the internet? His um, his, his letter, commitment poem. His was it? Yeah, I guess it was a poem. Yeah. Thought that was ah interesting. In the realm of college dreams, where purpose takes flight, entered Dylan Rayola, crafting his narrative in the night. Once lured by Georgia, where a powerhouse glory gleamed, yet Nebraska's purpose in his heart brightly beamed. Uh, That's the first stanza. Yeah. In the scarlet and cream where legacies entwine, Dylan, like Rogers, Rozier, Crouch. Rozier. That's what I was trying to think. Yeah. I was like, Rozier saying sounds right. Anyway, mm-hmm. and Crouch, a hero in the line. So Dylan Rayola is... The hero that Nebraska football needs, apparently. In the line of Rogers, Rosier, and Crouch. He, While wearing he, 15. He, he's, he doesn't lack for confidence, does he? Each of those guys are Heisman winners, right? So, okay. No longer a cog in some powerhouse machine, but a quarterback with even grander ambition unseen. So fellow fans await with hope in the air for Dylan to choose his purpose to declare in a weakened decision destiny calls to fulfill his purpose where a new destiny enthralls. Wearing number 15, he says, go big red, and he's headed to Nebraska. That's certainly a unique commitment announcement there. I guess it's better than with that being said. And <laughs> respect my decision. And respect my decision. I do respect his talent, though, because I've never been able to write in rhyme like that. Yeah, that's that is that that is a talent that I have, and, and I think the only reason is because I listen to so much music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the things I, that I do. And, you know, I mean, the alliteration and rhyming, those are about the two things I have going for me. Uh, But it's impressive that he chose Nebraska. I mean, in a new Big Ten, the world, uh, I'm sure that there's some NIL involvement there. But Nebraska getting a five-star quarterback has got to be exactly what Matt Rule was hired to do. Well, getting a five-star Flipping someone from the, I don't know if they are the two-time defending champion any longer. Uh, but reigning. Reigning 
two-time champion. Can't defend it anymore. They cannot defend it, but they have won it the last two years. I mean, that's a pretty big flip, I would think. And, yeah, that's certainly what they brought him there for. But getting him on the roster is just a start. you got to do something with him. Well, I, you know, Matt Rule, I, I mean, to this point, his collegiate level, you know, coaching at least has been solid, very good. So yeah. I expect big things out of Nebraska. This is going to be, it, this this is good. That Nebraska is one of those teams that college football is better when Nebraska is good. It's just more entertaining when, when those that those sold out crowds have something to cheer for. It's just been a while since they have been. No doubt, and that's why I, you know I would love to see it. Um, I was going to say something I forgot what it was. Darn. It'll oh, well. come back to you. That's okay. We'll move on. Uh, we mentioned the NCAA suspending the transfer rule for all of 23-24. So baseball, softball, basketball. Everybody. Everybody's eligible. And I guess if you transfer Including football, apparently track slash cross-country runner Connor Henson from Columbia Academy who has transferred from Tennessee to Ole Miss per his dad's text earlier today. And so he'll be able to run him? Uh, yeah, I, I asked I ask if Lane recruited him as well. Apparently everybody's yeah, everybody's headed to Oxford, baby. Yeah. Not, the yeah. NIL money is flowing in Oxford, in Oxford. From, from football in, in all sports. cross country. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's 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 an interesting ruling. I, I guess it also applies to football bowl games if you wanted it to. I guess that's interesting. And and I don't know why you wouldn't, especially if you've got guys who who need the reps. Okay, so let me ask you this: fill holes of people who are opting out. Now, can you play in a bowl game and still be a red shirt? Yes. The bowl games do not count for red shirts at all. Period. So it doesn't count against your No matter what. Yeah, bowl games have not counted. I think last year was the first year they didn't count okay. toward. And and you've got the four-game thing. So if you didn't play at all during the season, mm -hmm. even if it did count, you'd still only have one right. game because you transferred and didn't play. So... This is an interesting situation that 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 is happening, but I think it's bit much bigger for basketball and, and maybe baseball. Oh I yeah, mean, that's it's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. Mo, I know you love cruises. I know you love the Savannah Bananas. <laughs> they now have a Savannah Banana Cruise, cruise? <laughs> Banana Land at Sea. Okay. Is what you can you can find. That's and interesting. Yeah, let, let me see if I can find here it is. They sail on October 14th. October out of 14th. My, out of Miami. Uh, you'll see a you'll see a banana ball game at Lone Depot Park in Miami, home of the Miami Marlins. I don't know if it's in Miami or not. That's on October 12th. Then on Monday you sell out. You'll sell and you'll meet and greet with the, the cast, trick play contestants, and there's karaoke available. On Tuesday, workouts and yoga with the players and autograph sessions. They've got pool parties, arts, crafts, panels, banana versus the party animals battle at sea. I don't know what that's going to be. Uh, they're going to give you 
idea palooza for 25. So maybe you get to throw your ideas out about what they should do in 2025. They go to Nassau uh, and then it's a five day cruise. So you come back on Friday, but boy, that's, that's a cruise right there, huh? That's wild. Yeah. Bananas trivia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Just seems crazy. But if if nothing else, Jesse Cole will literally try anything. This is this is interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. I I will not be aboard. I can tell you that. Not in mid October. No, that's a, little, that's a little tough timing right there. That's, unfortunately, that's unfortunate timing. Um, but tickets to that are going to be much more expensive than a ticket to a Panthers game. Which you can get for as low as forty-five cents. Forty-five cents. Forty-five cents. Hmm. You seen the team? Yeah, I, I saw halftime. Did you see the halftime crowd? There might have been. They, I think it was one of those situations where to save time, they introduced the crowd to the players instead of the players to the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> In the interest of time, we're gonna we're gonna flip the script here. A little quick. It was a little quicker this way. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's rough right now, and I love that they are voting with their pocketbooks, I guess. Mm, there you go. And the confidence not there for ownership of the Carolina Panthers right now. Mm -hmm. but, hey, 45 cents to see it. I mean, less than five bucks you can get in. It's, it's, do you remember, you can watch the, whoever it is they're playing. What was the joke where I had two tickets laying in my passenger seats and I busted the window and left and four two more? more. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. it's, it's legit happening in Carolina right now. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's our rapid fire. No, no, we got one more. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say something. I saw it. I read it. I was thinking about it. But then my ADD brain kicked in. Former independence receiver, TJ Sheffield, who went into the portal about two weeks ago, leaving Purdue as a grad transfer, right? Is now still in the Big Ten, a little further north, Michigan State. He must like being cold. I guess he does. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess he's used to it now. So at this point, yeah. Why not? But yeah, I think he can be a good player for them. 118 career catches for 1,209 yards and 11 touchdowns. It's a pretty good career. Especially in the Big Ten. <laughs> right. I'll be interested to see how, how, you know, how the new offense brought over from uh, Oregon State's coach, former quarterback himself, mm -hmm. how that, you know, plays in Michigan State. So we'll see. They seem pretty excited to have him looking at the responses from Michigan State fans. So that's great. Good for him. Good for him. Absolutely. Great kid. Deserves mm -hmm. it all. All right. We'll take a quick break here. A one-minute break. Uh, maybe not so quick. Uh, maybe not so quick. Okay. We'll maybe take a full so break, and we'll be back with uh, least Talk favorite up. Christmas songs right after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. 
Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Back in. It's time now for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by our friends at Mid-South 5 Fitness. Dallas Steel and the fine folks there at Steel Athletes, steelathletes.com, S-T-E-E-L, athletes. All right, Top 5 Worst Christmas Songs, Least Favorite Christmas Songs, however you want to put it. Here we go, Google. Give me a random number between one and three for Justin. Justin, you're going to be number one. Mo, you'll be number two. That makes me number three and four. All right. (laughs) All right. Here we go, Justin. Kick it off, kid. All right. I'm going to go with the number one song I like least, right? Here we go. Okay. I am going to go with um, Jingle Bells. Okay. You know why that's a bad why that's a bad Christmas song? Because it was actually written for Thanksgiving. Did you know that? <laughs> Didn't know that. <laughs> True story. That's it was written for Thanksgiving. <laughs> makes it a terrible Christmas song. That does make it a terrible Christmas song. Yeah. All right. Um, Number one. For you. Um I'm gonna go with the Chipmunk song by Alvin and the Chipmunks. Their Christmas song. Uh the loop de loop. I want to. I'm just thinking they did a whole album. Mm-hmm. They did. What is the name of the song though? Uh, I anyway. think it's the Chipmunk song. I think. 
Well, we're just going to call it the Christmas, Chipmunk Christmas song here. There you go. My number one, Hippopotamus. I don't want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. And uh, please, God, that song just end it <laughs> ASAP. Uh, Christmas don't be late. Christmas don't be late. That's what it is. Yeah. Please, Christmas don't be late. Yep. Stop. Yep, that's it. Makes <laughs> Here we go. Let's go now. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Christmas shoes because I cry every time. And have no business listening to that song. Mo? I'm going to go with the Paul McCartney clunker, Wonderful Christmas Time. Oh, my God. That is the worst. I, I will agree. It is a terrible, terrible song. Mm -hmm. Justin, round two for you. Uh, my number two pick is going to be Frosty the Snowman. I was terrified of Frosty the Snowman when I was a kid. So that one's a little bit personal for me. <laughs> Sounds like. And then uh, staying with the Jingle Bell theme, are we doing Jingle Bell Rock separate from Jingle Bells? Yes, yes different song. Yeah. My daughter will uh, disagree with you wholeheartedly as she has done nothing but sing Jingle Bell Rock for the entirety of the Christmas season to this point. <laughs> she knows every word, and, and she's yeah. not even three years old. And you still got another week. I, it, oh, it'll, it'll keep going. She's still watching Halloween videos. Oh, gosh. Mo? Um, round number three. Number three. Um, is Last Christmas and Another Lonely Christmas, are those the same song? Uh, Last Christmas I Gave You My Heart? That yeah. song? No, it's, that's, a, that's a different song. Okay. I'm going with Last Christmas at number three. Okay. Okay. My number three, I'm going to go with... Um, can I say Auld Sang Lin? Auld Lang Syne. Auld Lang, that's it. But see, I didn't I even... Dan Fogelberg? I don't want none of it. Oh, man. Don't want none. It's a dumb song. Um, <laughs> and then... You have no sentiment at all. No, no. And then I'm going to go with uh, Funky... Funky Xmas by New Kids on the Block. Well, uh, it was it was a good try, fellas. <laughs> or it was a try. I don't even know if it was. A yeah, good. at least you tried. <laughs> Number four. Uh, this will be blasphemous, I'm sure, but Grandma got run over by a rain. I was trying to get that word right out of my mouth. I tried to get it later. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. It's one. not blasphemous for me. Apparently, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Justin? Uh, so I'm going four and five here, right? Four mm -hmm. and five. Okay. My fourth one is I'll be home for Christmas. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. No one cares. <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's a little harsh, but. That is a little harsh. Um, <laughs> my fifth one uh, was Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer, um, but I'll go with, and this may be blasphemous literally, but um, Silent Night. I just am tired of it. I like the I got I like the premise of it and what it's about and everything you know it stands for, but I, I don't like the song. I, I don't disagree with you. It's overplayed, and and look like it's hard to listen to on the radio. Like it's cool if you're singing it as a caroler, yeah. Like if you're out just caroling, but, but like hearing it on like in in Christmas like on the radio, no thank you. Right. All mm -hmm. I hear is that oh, uh, like <laughs> you just hit me 
with one that is better than the, anything I've got on my list. My number Billboard's five, number one song from 2017? Christmas bells are ringing. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ding dong, ding dong. Christmas bells are ringing. Yes, oh, what is it? Huh? Uh, Isn't that the name of it? Yeah, that's it. See, you said ding dong and it hit me. Little drummer boy. <laughs> yeah, that's another, that was an honorable mention. Ding for me. dong, ding dong. And, and when I was in choir in, uh, when when I was in choir as a senior in high school, we had to sing uh, this song, and we had these bells that we had to. We wore white gloves during our Christmas program, and we had to do this. <laughs> still got and, it. Yeah, I still got it. That's that it was it was burned into my memory. And so I hate that song with a passion. And that is why it is my number five. So all right, we have their top five least favorite Christmas songs. Thanks to our friends at Mid South Five Fitness for telling us all about what they do at Still Athletes and Stillathletes.com. Tomorrow we will have Joe Sullivan talking local college basketball, and much, much more. Wild and Wacky Wednesday. We've got some weird and wild stuff, by the way, uh, in sports even. So come back tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun on Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond Joint. We'll see you then.